All right, and welcome back to the Dot 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 podcast. It has been, we did it again, where we went like four or five days. We, we always did do it that. again. <laughs> we did it again, we damn it. We did it again, damn it. Uh, but today is Tuesday, April the 21st, mm-hmm. and uh, as kind of like a, a stamp in time, we have 2.4 million-ish infected, uh, 167,000 uh, deaths worldwide-ish, give or take. Um, and then here in America, we have 766,000 infected, as well as 41,000 that have perished from the corona virus how many do you have infected well so i I, this was from like a little earlier in the day but uh u.s was seven hundred sixty-six thousand. Only about almost 60 shy there oh okay so yeah that's from earlier this morning and it's later in the evening now so (laughs) thank you i didn't up (laughs) well thank you for telling me how a clock works um yeah we've got looks like we got about i'm reading a eight hundred and eighteen thousand. Wow. 819,000 because it's about to roll over. 45,339 deaths. Mm. It's not great. It's not. It will not. And uh, one of my, you know, like one of the things I I saw today was uh, Governor Cuomo said that the infection rate is going to increase with activity. So it seems like he's uh, one of the only people that's dealing with reality here and expecting the numbers to go up in other uh, news water is still wet huh oh obvious gotcha 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 um <laughs> nice your, your your joke fell flat um i think but yeah no, like, I think fault. he but he's pretty vocal about that you know yeah. you have a lot of people saying like oh we we can't reopen and all that kind of stuff and you know, he, he kind of like restated the most obvious thing you possibly could. Right. Um, but people don't uh, seem to realize the most obvious things always, you know, it's right. It's very kind true. Of, it's kind of wild. Um, I and mean, I'm sure you deal with that just having to work with people within the military. I'm sure there are a multitude or a plurality of people that you work with that you're like, or have worked with that. You're like, wow, this, this guy's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he really is genuinely stupid and cannot do this at all without being told how to do it every time the same, you know, each time. Right. There, uh, there's idiots everywhere, you know, there's, yeah, there's just, an, there's idiots everywhere. So, um, but I think, you know, in with this, it is complicated, all the different layers and stuff, and people are starting to focus on the wrong things a little bit. And Man, the protests are out of hand, though. Yeah, what the hell, man? What is going on? I mean, have you obviously you've looked at this? What's your what's your take on that whole thing? So, the funny thing that about this, in my you know very generic uh, scope of things, usually you have more of the liberal minded people protesting for things. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they're occupying, and this Not is since more this of this administration. Con- it's been different. Right. This, uh, this is definitely more of a conservative side of things saying, you know, get out of our way. We got this. Uh, but as I think I've, I think I've recognized a lot of this is more of the, the conservative population in liberal states that is, that is doing the, the, uh, the protests. Right. Um, but dude, yeah, it's, uh, 
It's uncalled for. <laughs> Just I mean, straight up, you it's, know. It's orchestrated. I mean, there's there's plenty of evidence to support the fact that there's like, th- now this new term is starting to come into the consciousness, which is astroturfing. Have you heard of this? I have not. Um, let me read this here. There was a um, there was a post that this guy made on Reddit that was, it has got to be as the user was Dr. Midnight, which is hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. Cause we just watched the, uh, that by the way, if you have time, watch that tales from the tour bus. It's um, it's a show that's like, it's like animated, but it's like real interviews that like they just animated. I don't know why they just do show real interviews, but it's Mike judge, you know, the guy who did like Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. Well, they probably also. animated it cause they just did it audio. It's like animating <clears throat> our podcast. No, that you can tell they're sitting anyway just watch it's really it's really great it's really really great okay um but anyway this reddit user basically goes through let's see how many like times he was i mean he got like uh just that you like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of like golds and silvers and awards like 550 or 600 like awards anyway there's i'll have to send you this thing it's basically he discovered that there is like one there is like one group um that has been bought, that bought all the URLs from GoDaddy of the sites that are you know liberate Michigan, liberate Minnesota, liberate Pennsylvania, whatever those are. Okay. The same person or persons or company yeah, or something like group. bought all of those domains the same day I have the whole thing here. Um, like it's just, it's just odd that like because it's all, like they all just it just came out of nowhere. Suddenly there was this huge like these protests just like started happening. Nobody was talking about it. This wasn't going on. Nobody was like we didn't hear about right. this anywhere else until suddenly it was just happening. So it looks like and this thing Operation Gridlock, which is what they've been like, what they've been calling it, what they've been doing. Apparently the whole thing's completely orchestrated. And what I thought was unbelievable and really shocking was what the president tweeted about it and the fact that uh which you saw i'm sure right did what? you see he he no tweet, what did he say about it he tweeted like this was over the weekend he tweeted liberate michigan liberate virginia like literally yeah like he like basically stated these guidelines and then a few hours later for like what people should be doing to open up and then a few hours later he literally tweeted like liberate your state like which is unreal like i'm right i'm baffled by this and then on sunday mike pence goes on meet the press and if you did not watch sunday's meet the press yo get out there and find that shit on youtube man because the interview with mike pence has got to be the most it is it is unreal i don't even know i mean he dodge he dodges he basically filibusters the interview and just keeps talking and talking and talking and talking and giving non-answers to any of the questions that he's being asked um i mean because he because he, 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 he has he gets a, asked directly he's like what do you how do you address what donald trump has tweeted about basically encouraging these people to gather and he's like, well i don't agree with your premise um and what you know and then and just completely moves on to something different like it is the right. most asinine interview i've ever seen like it was cr- he even says in it he's like look i've been giving you a lot of leeway i haven't but in answer a question for me please just answer any of my questions it's shocking shocking he he is very scripted he's dude he's like 
I don't know. He he's super scripted. He's he's very dialed in to a specific narrative, and he's a great salesman for that. That's why you know leading he's a brick looking wall. back. Yeah, looking back like a month ago, man. All we talked about was man. He's got that damn fifteen day things glued to his hand. Yeah, and um, he. But I I saw something of him yesterday in the the daily, um, brief. You know that they do. Um, coronavirus task force briefing he he gave somebody the evil eye and he hijacked their question um i wish i wish i would have you know made note of it but dude i i saw it and i was like whoa he uh he he didn't like the the direction that was going it was going off the rails and um i've noticed that trump can handle anything you know yeah whether whether he handles it well or not he he's He's not afraid to no. to really get involved in things, and he even said something about that today. That you know, Mike Pence is a lot less controver- uh, controversial, right? So, um, and the yeah. reporters also feed Trump the oh yeah most low not all of them, but sometimes he gets fed the most loaded or ludicrous questions, and I do I do agree that that is outrageous from time to time, but. Yeah, today, like this, they asked him, "What are in, what are the uh, what is the intelligent resources that are available to the United States telling you about this, that, and everything?" And he just looks at him, and, like yeah. I, I thought it was pretty good. He goes, "I'm I'm not going to tell you yeah. that." They told <laughs> like, me a lot. They told me the, a lot. Lots yeah, of you're things. the media. Like yeah. I'm not going to tell you right. all the intel briefings I get. I, I thought today for a he seemed extremely docile today like the president yesterday he seemed very i'd see i did not watch yesterday's i've been kind of tuning out every other day just because right you know i just have uh, been trying to do other stuff you know not get all tuned in with this but um you know he seemed extremely affable today like he did not seem to be extremely aggressive I and mean, there was the one uh reporter that asked him you know about like the coronavirus test you know they said they had a million then they had four million that were shipping out you know we've only tested four million people right. give or take in fact that number is about four point all, just shy of 4.2 million total people tested so you know that was over a month ago they said that and that was the only time that he really seemed to be like are you ready i've said this five times like we right. have tested more people than the rest of the world combined which you know is may or may not be true but um and, I, I but thought it that makes was me wonder. He's excited may, about does, reopening. That's what it is, right? Well, I don't know, man. I I think another you know thing to note is that his worldwide popularity numbers are plummeting right now. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, before before all of the coronavirus stuff happened, like in December, January, he like had one of the higher approval ratings for uh, a, a president that was upcoming election. Um, I think he was like over 55 56 percent something like that yeah, which I mean, is, he's he's kept a, a consistent approval rating or pretty high for the most part it seems and now he's down like in the low 40s well here's is, the deal you know what's crazy is that that is 40 percent is his baseline if he went and shot farmers in the face tomorrow he would still get a 40 percent approval rating i i tr- i drew i truly do believe he was correct when he said he could go out and shoot somebody on fifth avenue um, I think that his, <laughs> I do think that his followers are that devout to him. Right. You know what I mean? And, and they are, I don't think that that's what they are. You know, that for you were never going to see it below 38%. I really don't think so. I mean, that, that would take some serious. Yeah. I mean, he'd have to come out and, you know, say that he was Muslim or something for that to, you know, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it would take that, you know? 
You know, I think if Mike Pence was not in politics and he was an off, he was like in it worked in an office setting. He'd be asking you for your TPS reports. He's just that oh, guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He yeah. is so golly. You couldn't, you couldn't use a box of Crayolas to put any color on that guy. You know what I mean? Like no. it's just, he is, he's as square vanilla. as they get, which if you really, if you really think about it, whenever Trump was looking for a running mate, he needed, you know, a yin to his yang. Right. Um, he needed somebody that was, very square and very um very political very pc all those things and i think yeah. that's exactly what mike pence is and, yeah no he's he's, you know? he's a he's a very good i mean he his his uh his role as a counterpart to donald trump seems to work well for their dynamic and whatever dynamic their constituents seem to agree with yeah. so but I, I think overall his um his popularity is down right now. Yeah, it's taking a hit. Uh, and what I've been, what I've noticed is, I think that those that aren't liking him right now are claiming he's putting too much emphasis on the economy and not enough emphasis on human life. Um, and there's too much assumption that things are are going to improve, but there's also the data, the data, uh, the people that are really seeking data. Like myself, I'll be honest, like I think there's far too much optimism to talk about reopening just yet. Um, yeah. I get that you have to talk about it. I get it. I get it. I get it. But dude, the numbers, you can say all day long that they're improving, but they're really not. They're man. really like, they're really not. I mean, we are seeing we are seeing less fewer reported cases daily now. It seems like we've been reporting about 25,000, you know, between 25 and 27,000 last couple of days, but it seems like we go in five or seven day cycles. It was like 35,000 for several days. And then it kind of flip flop back and forth between 30 and 35. And there was 30 pretty consistently. And now it's 25. I mean, the cases are going down, but we've also had, we've also been in this quarantine thing for God, five weeks, man. Like, the, no, the numbers aren't going down as much as they should. And I noticed some states like California are, I think people got a little bit of, uh, you know, a false idea that maybe things were getting a little better because I noticed our numbers right. out here have been higher than I've been expecting to see. And that mm-hmm. hasn't, I mean, there was like 2,600 that were added a couple of days ago. Man, that's a yep. lot, especially considering we were only seeing six and 800 for several days. Well, what about... What about, okay, so remember when we first started doing these episodes, we were talking about, uh, wow, Italy, man, 600 people died in a day. 700 people died in a day. Right. Um, there, I texted you, I don't think we talked about this on the podcast we yet, but I texted no. you. Dude, 6,000 people died. I, I, I do think that was, and that, that's noted there, that there were some additions to that number because of the different way that they're like um uh, yeah but like changes so, it changes in like the, the data based on like cdc guidelines so like there was probably a you know once they they were reclassified it was like okay that was a covid death we're gonna go ahead and add it so i don't that, yeah. that's not what happened that day but even today what it was like 2500 people i think Right. Yesterday was twenty eight hundred people. So yesterday, really meaning the twenty first today. And the 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 horror of all that, I think, whether so whether it's twenty five hundred or six thousand, you're talking way bigger numbers than Italy ever saw. And -hmm. guess how much press time it's getting here? Absolutely none. They're focusing more on 
the reopening. Right. And I can't help but wonder if just the style of press these days is they're trying to find the thing that's going badly. They're never looking they are. for the happy. They're no. never looking for the happy story. No, they're not. So it's like it's like the press indirectly completely disagrees with the opening. They instigated the the um the task force to say, hey, you need to start thinking about reopening. You need to think about reopening. And then they started talking about reopening and now they're they're pointing out all the things they're doing wrong with it without saying it. You know, like they're just they're point they're focusing on how the fact that that could possibly fail. And dude, I just I don't know. I, I keep going back to you can tell me all day long that that life has returned to normal, but I'm not my life <laughs> I, I, I'm looking at more of a new normal now Well, by, by staying home. I mean, the deal is, is this, like, I, I mean, I, I get the need for people to want to go back to work. I mean, I, we, we don't have to, we don't have to get into that because it's pretty obvious why and all that stuff. Right. I absolutely do think that there is a very strong media narrative just to see the president fail. I don't like that. I wish that they, you know, yeah. sensationalizing, sensationalizing negative negative news or misrepresenting it as you know is alleged by the president isn't a good idea we do need to have some more unification and i the reason i think that the media is being so aggressive with the president is because you know there's a lot of things that they haven't you know that i don't think that we feel like we've gotten answers on i feel like the 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 media is trying to get some answers or just trying to get him to say something you know to admit some responsibility to it um and i you know i think that that's been avoided honestly i I do think that he has kind of avoided that to some degree um i don't know what do you think he's avoided it or do you think he is actually to blame you know what i mean like what's he going to do? Oh, you're right. I screwed stuff up because I think what he's done is he's helped celebrate the fact that, you know, this is not one person's success and or one person's failure, but he's trying to paint it more in a picture of this is not one person's success. Us and the task force, which is made up of thousands of people running analytics through the night and, you know, coordinating things with on a logistical level and, and planning and things like that. These things that are happening that are, are milestones in, in the success of this are on the back of these thousands of people that are doing great things. He's not trying to take credit for it. The things he takes credit for and he touts for right now are, um, you know, the overall the the level of the economy before this and his confidence in restoring the economy after and things like that. But I don't see a ton of him trying to take credit for what the task force has done, which I think is great. Yeah. I think that's very, very humble of him to do that. The thing is, but I mean, I guess maybe you don't see that. Like, I don't see like, I mean, he, he has been giving credit where credit's due, I think, but I think that it's been a real, I think there's been this real tongue in cheek relationship between governor, like regional government and federal government where you have to say, Thank you so much, Mr. President. You're amazing for him to say something good about you. And you well, know, it's I've, an I've election noticed. Year, dude. <laughs> I've also noticed Cuomo has really he has changed his the way he speaks, uh, you know, publicly at least during his briefings. I watch his almost. I watch his more than I watch Trump's, just because he right. really does deliver facts, and it just feels good. I don't know. I have a lot of people who live in New York. I just want to see what's yeah. going on or whatever. So. Um, but there's been this real tongue in cheek thing between like him and like other like 
elected officials where like it just seems like some of them like i said cuomo finally seems like be catching this balance where he will say well the president is right about this and he did do this and he did do Mm -hmm. this however we do need this we do need this i think that you know, the president did come from a business background where that's kind of what it is. It's a give and take kind of thing. And I guess that's how it is in politics, too. But it just seems, I don't know, he doesn't seem to be taking responsibility. He doesn't seem to be trying to take all the credit, but you know that he's going to. I mean, that's what presidents do. That's not unique to him. He's not a monster for trying to take credit. That's what any president would do. Hey, I oversaw this, you know, huge crisis and we solved it and we're, we're fine or whatever, right. you know. But... um he, he seems to be handing out credit. I, I don't know. I, I just think that the media is trying to nail him. That's not great. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I think a lot of people are, you know, what was he supposed to do at the end of January? I don't know. What was the right thing to do? I really don't know. Was, it, was he Dude, supposed to just shut down? he's damned if he does, him? damned if he doesn't. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The media is out to get him. Um, I do think that. However, he's also done some stuff or not done some stuff that I think might have, you know, every day you have an opportunity to make like a big presidential moment and right you know make something big happen make a big statement make a big speech unveil something big unprecedented you know and like i guess they've done that with the bailout package but today they're talking about having all these companies mail their money back in like shake shack and ruth's chris and harvard harvard law school got a whole bunch of money like how the fuck did that happen man like i wanted i wanted to talk about that like how are these publicly traded multi-million dollar companies falling into the pile of small business dude shake shack i've never eaten at one i've heard they're delicious um but they they're a bigger company man yeah but none of their individual restaurants have more than 500 employees that's the that's the kicker that's how they got money same thing with ruth's chris like because you know, nobody who works at Ruth's Chris corporate headquarters, there's not more than 499 people who work at Ruth's Chris corporate headquarters. And there's no more than 500 people who work at any one of those restaurants. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's how they got lumped into it. Now, why they, you know, are asking for money or get trying to get the money. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's just what you do And the accountants. Like, well, there's money available. I better get it. I guess that's just their job, but I don't know. There's, I mean, that to me seems like a, a lack of oversight. Like whoever's writing the check didn't think, Hmm, Harvard law has plenty of money. And I think that's right. I don't, it doesn't matter if you're liberal or conservative. I think that's pretty well agreed upon that they've got dough. Right. Um, what in the, what in the hell were they doing? Where's their, Where's their social justice in, you know, which allegedly they, I think, I feel like they're aligned with, you know, where's the social justice in that? You guys have tons of money. What what are you doing? But what a, but what a patriotic, classy thing to do to say, hey, we don't need this. We're giving it back. Where do we, where do we hit return to sender? Either that or it's the, dude, I think that was, I think that was the slickest thing they could have done. And next time I drive past the Shake Shack, I'm going to eat there because, that company isn't, they're not out to just for the selfish pound of flesh, man. They, they clearly care. Either that know? or either that or somebody there's a fucking genius and was like, you know what we should do? We should totally get some of this money because we totally will and then give it back. And it's the cheapest, cheapest PR we will ever get and the best yeah. we will ever get. Some, I think yeah. somebody's a genius personally. I think somebody there was like, yo, you know what? Check this out. Yeah. Um, hey, you know what? But guess what? At the end of the day, guess what they didn't do? They didn't keep the money. They didn't keep the money. So I'll take that all day long. Yeah. Whatever your motivations were in the end of it, you know, it's like, it's like when somebody gives you, you know, a gift and you're like, oh, wow, you shouldn't have done that. Of course you're going to keep it. Right. You know, (laughs) 
<laughs> like, oh, that this is too much. I can't get like, of course you're going to keep it. Because first of all, are you not going to keep it because the, I don't, dude, I don't know. Like I've had, I've had a couple gifts given to me in my life. And I said, no, this is way too much. And that, that conversation was never going to end with that gift being taken back the person that gives you that gift like they want to give it to you because it makes them feel good however and this does give me a great idea for my girlfriend's birthday coming up oh boy i'm gonna get her something real uh, nice when she's like oh my god there's too much about all right fine let's just take it back <laughs> receipt right here <laughs> you know what? you're probably right we could never afford you know what this. <laughs> yeah this is this is stupid let's just let's just go to shake shack or something you know that'll be a great dinner let's just do that but dude they i i do wonder like it, it does seem kind of boogered up because I, I also know um, some friends that own their own businesses that were unable to get that stimulus. Yeah. Uh, they went through and sorry, the banks are overwhelmed. We're out of money. We're not doing it anymore. I think like 30 million businesses applied and like 1 million of them got it or something. It was, it was something right. to that effect. It was, it was insane. I was just like, and man, to how know, is this even possible? Like how is anybody to know supposed to that get like by? a big, yeah, and to know that a company that's like right there on the edge of, you know, having that, I think it was like a 500 employee cap or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, one company that's there on the edge that probably could weather the storm because they're big enough and robust enough. Um, they were able to get it, but then you have like independent contractors out there or, uh, you know, just like small three, four, five person businesses or something like that. I haven't seen one cent that yet. weren't able to get it. I think that's super unfortunate because those are some yeah. of the stories that I've seen of the people that were unable to, to get the, the help that they needed. So you watched today's press conference, correct? Correct. Did you watch to the very end? I did not. I got a little little fed up with it. There was and, uh, there was one question that I really thought was going to go badly, and I think we're going to end up seeing a lot more about it. But it was at the end, and this reporter, I believe it was a, a lady, she asked the president. She said, "So you have a lot of properties, golf courses, resorts in Florida." where you have furloughed people and he says yes you know yeah we have and she says well there's a lot of corporations out there where high paid official you know highly paid officials within the organization are taking pay cuts to be able to keep paying their workers and stuff like is any are any of your family members doing that to make sure these people can keep getting paid and he completely avoided that question it was, I was like, oh, because I read about that. Oh, all the Trump properties are closing too. Like, just like everybody else, are they going to apply for money? Are they going to keep paying their employees? Yo, if he, well, if it's, this, this is if the, the thing, if in my opinion, he, his actions regarding, I mean, obviously he's supposed to be disassociated from his businesses, but I would be telling my kids if they were running my business and I was the president, yo, you better be, your actions better be, and for lack of a better term, unimpeachable. Like you better make sure every single employee is paid every nickel, dime, penny, quarter, dollar that, that is owed to them or that they need to get by because I'm the president, damn it. We can't, yeah, you know, just like, it's got the Trump moniker on it. I just thought that was re and he, he he was really calm about it really calm but i thought it was really interesting that he just whoop nip, nip, i'm just gonna kind of slip around that one there i mean <laughs> he definitely was like oh boy oh shit man well, so. well dude things are just so there's so many complicated levels there's there's like i've made a couple notes of things that i wanted to talk about tonight and like and here we are already at a half hour and like uh um, yeah <laughs> But there's so many layers to everything, man. Like, yep. I just still can't get over it. It's one big like, onion. 
you know, like you talk about the things on the table. So you got you got the small business loan stuff. You've got the overall numbers of people being infected and the number of people dying. You've got the whole what did China do or not do? Um, you've got uh, what else? The small business stuff, the bailout stuff, the election side of things. You know, you name it. It goes on and on and on, and it gets it gets really complicated. So it's interesting to see a president stand up there and take that beating every single night for an hour and a half or two hours plus every single night, four months, five months before an election. Like talk about like press time, man. Like I'm, I'm really shocked that he is still showing up seven days a week. I'm just, I don't know why. Like, I I think I he, think it was, he has to now. He's he's set the precedent, and yeah, yeah, he yeah. He also can't go back on it. He also like he he's also got to try to run from as much blame as possible. I mean, he did go golfing in February. He did organize enormous rallies in February. You know what I mean? Right. Like he did call this a hoax in February. He did tell everybody there was nothing to be worried about in February, and he keeps like beating the fact over the head that's like. There was not one death. There was not one death. We only had 15 cases or whatever. Yeah, but, but okay, so what? Like, that doesn't, you know, you saw what was happening in other places. They started with just 15 people too. You know, like, yeah. what What makes you think that this isn't going to happen here? And there have been several, I've read several articles saying that he has been getting da- regular, not daily, but regular reports and that the World Health Organization was reporting whether it was accurate or not. I don't know about their stuff. I'm not going to get that deep into the world sociopolitical stance with that. But, right. Um, you know, it's not like this was a secret. You know, he no. said he, he, and he said he knew it was a pandemic for a long time. And, and that was something that I thought was interesting today was that was something that one of the reporters asked was like, you know, your timeline is you went from this, you know, you went from nods to nothing. And, um, you know, that he, he just keeps beating, you know, he just keeps repeating the same facts. Well, you know, we've tested more than anyone, you know, because he, he doesn't have anything else to say. They didn't do what they probably should have done. I mean, yes, he closed off to China, but it was pretty fairly loose. And it was after the three other major airlines already announced they weren't going to do it. You know, he was just kind of falling in line at that point. Um, yeah, you know, Europe, he canceled way later and they say that all the cases in New York, more or less, came from Europe. So he he has to get out there every day and keep and keep preaching his message. He he has to, he has to keep hitting people with it over and over and over because that's all he's got, man. That's it. Yeah. Like he doesn't have anything else. Like because he he doesn't have the economy right now. What else? What else was his presidency about? The economy, Russia, impeachment coronavirus like that's it he's got all this other stuff like i can't think of anything else super positive that like everybody's like oh my god trump i mean kim jong-un you know like china you know internet um, the forbidden the forbidden city you know like that's good but like whatever not to be like not to be overly pro-trump but at the same time you know a lot of those things are just as complicated as what we're talking about you know the complexities of coronavirus so economy yeah, you can't just say the economy is better because people have more confidence to go out and spend money because they have better jobs now, um, given those things are some of the numbers and accolades that he that he brags to. But a lot of that's tied in international relations. You right. know, the a lot of it. You know, one of the things that he was touting about yesterday, you said you didn't watch uh, yesterday's I did not. Uh, briefing. 
he made some really, really interesting points about, you know, the money that was being spent and he was getting grilled about something with, with relation to South Korea. And they, he said, you, do you guys realize like what the other presidents before me have done? They've just given away America to people for free in hopes that they would drink it. Um, and he's like, like South Korea, he goes, we, we have 32,000 military personnel on pen defending their country for free for years and years and years and years. This has been going on and nobody ever thought to say, Hey, you want to help us pick up the bill? South Korea is not a poor nation. Right. And so he, he was touting, he's like, you know, what it because of, because of me calling up our friends, we're good friends with them, but Hey, good friend, you're taking advantage of us. Can we do something to, to show that this actually is a real friendship and it's not something abusive. And so I guess the, I mean, it's not a ton of money in the grand scheme of defense, but apparently like the South Korean government now pays us $1 billion a year uh, for our presence there. Right. Given it is, it's a multi-interest kind of thing for us to be there and for us to be there for our own interests. Um, But I thought that was really interesting because he's, there are some things to that, that, that make more sense than what a normal politician would have allowed to happen if they had taken office. Um, but he went in as a businessman and I'll be honest, like when, when it came time to vote, I voted for him because I thought the country didn't need a politician for once. I I thought the country needed somebody with a business mind to pull us out of 20 years of war and ridiculous spending. He brought that up too, about like, I think it's like $13 trillion is what the war in the Middle East has cost us. Right. Or he mentioned maybe, it again today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's cost us a fortune and we have nothing to show for it. Nothing. <laughs> like I mean, we've got that nothing. really and, cool base in Iraq. That's cool. Right. Yeah. You know, it, but it gets bombed out all the time. So right. it's, you know, my, I have a whole stance on that that I could talk on forever, but you know, I, I think he makes some really good points because he thinks of it as a businessman. And if it's not a political thing, it's not about being polite. It's just business. Everybody in the world has heard that saying. It's not personal. It's just business. Yep. And I think he treats a lot of things like that. So that's I personally like him as a president for that reason. Could he have better bedside manner? Absolutely. Right. Could he tweet? Could he tweet less? Absolutely. Could he? you know, dress down reporters a little less aggressively. Absolutely. Could he be a little bit more presidential? Absolutely. But I truly think the things that he has done are in the best interest of the country because the country is a big old business. Yep. And it really is. Most, most politicians are just politicking. He's not, he's not innocent of that, but it's just, I don't know. It, it just makes a little more sense the, the way that he's doing it because he understands the business side of things. Whereas you have people like Joe Biden that are, you know, career politicians. He's never had a job outside of politics. I don't like life. Joe Biden. I mean, I, I don't make any secret about it either. I think that he's an idiot. I think that he is, you know, he's no, he's no good. He's just some old no, part, yeah. you know, who's just been, he just, people just know his name because he was the vice president. You know what I mean? Like that's it. Otherwise you would not know, you wouldn't know who Sarah Palin was if she didn't run with John McCain. You know what I mean? You would never know who the yeah. governor from Alaska was. You would never know that. Um, 
So, and that's all it is. He's, he is not the best person to lead. He is not very good at it, I don't think. Um, I think he's also a hothead. I think he's also kind of creepy. Um, yep. Maybe he's sleepy Everybody calls too. him Sleepy Joe. Yeah. Why don't they call him Creepy Joe, man? I, I, Straight up creepy, man. Maybe it's just more politically correct to call him Sleepy. I don't know. but um, I don't know that you can ever get elected if your nickname was Creepy. <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, it would just be an immediate. Hey, just go ahead and uh, give, give, go ahead and put Trump's uh, re-election. Just. I mean, I. St- I mean, despite his uh, approval rating at the moment, um, you know, I, I think he's. I think he's going to win. I, I do. I mean, I don't. I just don't. I don't know. You know, we'll see what happens if the Democrats really go out and show up. Um, they don't. They never. They haven't seemed to. Uh, I mean, I guess they did. You know, the 2018 elections, but. You know, nobody showed. You know, not enough. Not nobody showed up for Elizabeth Warren. Nobody. Um, right. And not near. But, not nearly as many people as you would think showed up for Bernie Sanders. Like I thought that was going to be a big, a big thing. And you can even tell John Donald Trump isn't worried about facing off against Bernie Sanders. All he's got to do is be like, look, Bernie, he's he's just been doing this a long time. Who cares what he thinks? I'm going to do this. Right. I've already been in charge. Let's just keep it going. Like we're cooking. Let's do it. I mean, he needs the economy back by November, by mid October. He needs it back so bad, so badly. I mean, you can see what his motivation is for really wanting to hurry to open back up. I mean, we're, we have the summer coming up. I mean, summer is the biggest economic time, or maybe not the biggest, but it's the longest, most prolonged economic time. But, you know, aside from like a holiday thing that only lasts about a month. I mean, you know, you got Fourth of July, man. Come on, it's the most American yeah. thing of all time. You got to be up and going by Fourth of July. You can't not tell me I'm going to be having none of my Budweiser with my buddies. You know, yeah. so I don't know. It, it's really interesting. I, I don't know how to read half of it because it's just so. You're right. It's it, it's a big onion. It's just every time you peel back a layer, there's more and more and more and more and more and more and more, and it just never ends. And everything's connected to everything else. You know, the internet, the interconnectivity is. It, you can't get around it. It's just it. It's the inherent nature of what government is and what this entire thing, what humanity is. Let's uh, let's shift gears ever so slightly. Cool. Back to our last episode that we did with Justin. Yeah, what a um, doozy, huh? Right. Like I'll be honest, I don't usually listen to these back. I mean, I do whenever I put them together, uh, just to make sure everything lines up and everybody's voices sound radio smooth. Um, but I actually, I went for a run and I listened to that one all the way through because, um, Justin's perspective I thought was very interesting. There's obviously a lot of speculation within it. Um, but I can't help but notice some of the things that he was suggesting are making their way to the limelight right now. Right. Uh, right up to the foreground pretty much has been, determined that uh this thing was cooked up in a lab for sure yeah uh was not just some random you know sale of a a dead wild bat in a wet market and then cooked up at home and you know patient zero was created there this is straight up um from a lab man like almost unanimously across the world and i don't know if you saw this but this kind of hits you and me pretty closely and probably a lot of our listeners because we probably know 99% of you guys. Um, But the state of Missouri is the first state to uh, go after the entire nation of China for their gross negligence with the handling of this. Interesting. 
that came out today, um, which to me is, man, the, the, the big picture thinker in me is just like, um, Hey, Missouri pump the brakes. Shouldn't the federal government go after that? Like, are you seriously, is it going to be all 50 States plus all 184 countries that are going to go after you know, China to try to do that. Like what kind of fight do you think you're going to, you're going to have going against China? Well, I mean, do they they even have jurisdiction to do that? Like, (laughs) yeah. And and that's the whole thing that I don't, that's the whole thing I don't completely understand, but I was kind of blown away by it. I was just like, that's a gutsy move, especially for Missouri. Cause like Missouri, I mean, all like one death is too many, but in the grand scheme of things compared to most other States, like they've been pretty, um, they've been pretty fortunate with with how hard they've gotten hammered uh but man talk about like craziness like it's pretty much obvious everybody gets it uh china you're at fault and but what's going to come from all that you know that there's no way that that can get swept under the rug no i mean i don't i don't think it's going to get swept under the rug i i have no i mean think about it we are still how long was it before we made our first military action after September 11th? It was December, right? It was months yeah. after. And it was a pretty obvious, actually, it really wasn't obvious because we went to war with two countries that those guys weren't even from, um, oddly enough. Um, I, I, the, first of all, the Missouri thing is stupid. I mean, that's just stupid. I, I don't think they have any jurisdiction to do that, for, first of all, A. B, but I think something will happen. I mean, I think that there is, I mean, this because this isn't just the United States. This isn't even just the European Union. This is the entire world. And right. But the Trump card is that China always holds as, well, we make all your shit. So, and, and which goes back to what you said before, like the, you know, the United States political system has really shifted all of, you know, the economy and jobs over to countries like China where it's cheaper and stuff, you know? So, you know, we're kind of in, we're kind of between a rock and a hard place. They make all the shit, but they were the ones who screwed us over, um, with this thing. So we need them, but we're mad at them. So we got to punish them, but we can't punish them too much because everybody needs them. I I don't know what's going to happen, honestly. Like, it really is a big pickle because they really can kind of, if I were China, I'd be like, so what do you got to do about it? You know what I mean? Like, what what are you going to do? Like, you're going to sanction us? Okay, we won't send you iPhones anymore. Like, okay, no problem. Like, you know, they could just, they they could cut out anything, I, I would think. I mean, I don't know what, I don't know anything about. But I don't think they will. Like, I mean, they have to keep their economy going too. I mean, they also, right. you know, they don't, you know, but still they've got a lot of, they can hide and do whatever they want to do. They, they've got their shell game, you know, eternally mastered, you know, they've been a nation for millennia. True. So I don't know what's uh, going to happen. Something's going to happen, but it's not going to be a war. I mean, not like a, a no, war in the traditional no. sense that we're used to. I mean, that would be stupid anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd imagine there's going to be some sort of, you know, China's going to face some sort of economic hardship because of this, I would imagine. Who enforces that? You know, how that happens? Couldn't tell you. But, you know, I yeah, mean, if they're, if they're threatened with not being, you know, able to be a part of like, you know, world political organizations and, you know, world political funding, then if, you know, to what degree they are, I don't know. But th- that'll be something maybe. But they're also self-sufficient, man. They get a lot. Of, they can do a lot on their own over there. 
Yeah. Trust. I think trust with them is at an all time low. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's only going to get worse. I want to, I do want to have Justin back on here to further peel that, that onion back because I think, you know, is even as much like deep diving as I've tried to do to try to understand some of that stuff, you know, I think he's found secret, secret corners of the internet that are hard to find, but, but he, he has, he, he did the same thing with the Epstein thing. I mean, him, him oh, and yeah. I were talking about Epstein and Pizzagate, I mean, years before I ever heard anybody else talking about it. Like we would talk about it to other people and everybody else would be like, that's crazy. Like the, the Epst- no, there's no way some guys do, there's no way, you know? And yeah. then like two years later, it was like, well, guess what everybody? Like <laughs> yeah. he, he was dead on about that dead on. Yeah. So, you know, I have a hard time believing that he's not right about at least, at, you know, at least a generous percentage of it. Um, that wouldn't surprise me, honestly, which is terrifying. Yeah. I don't know, man. Um, so they're gonna. He's gonna limit immigration. He's gonna put a restriction on immigration for sixty days. Yeah, I, I and I think, I, dude, I'm I'm all about that. Personally, that doesn't bother me. I mean, whatever. Everybody that gets out there and starts defending, you know, the borders and this, that, and, and everything, like it's so. The, like to me, like I, I don't think I'm. It's probably coming as any surprise. Like I, I subscribe more to a conservative narrative than I would a liberal, but. I still have some liberal points of view and, and values that I, that I'll hold on to. And I'm, I'm, you know, a free thinker in that regard. I'm not like a, you know, uh, a zombie to the one political party's agenda, but dude, the, the, like the wall and immigration, all that kind of stuff, dude, like what is wrong with having rules to enter and enforcing that those rules be, you know, that checklist be completed before you enter. I don't understand why everybody's fighting this whole thing about immigration. You know, the liberal agenda wants to talk about it like it's a racist thing. No, it's not. It's a, you're an American. You're not an American. You want to come to America? Cool. Here's a checklist. You got to do these things. Once you're done, then you come in and we'll work it out. You know, I think it's Sweden. Sweden, you have to, you have to test out and uh, to be uh, fluent in the Swedish language before you can ever become a Swedish Swedish citizen, like, is that racist to say that somebody wants to come to the country that that doesn't speak Swedish? No, it just says, hey, if you're going to be a productive member of our society, we need to be able to communicate with you. Um, you have to be willing to work. You have to be willing to go along with the flow, not just come over here and take advantage of the system. Well, and I, mean, I think I agree with you. Yeah, so many people think like, oh, putting up a wall that's not going to resolve it. You're right, it's not. That that is one border, but that's probably the, you know the the slip the most slippery border that we have. Um, there are other concerns at other border crossings or coming from other countries. You know that's right. the same reason that Trump took a stance against Syrian refugees. You know that's not. It, it's just look at we can't have an open an open border to the point where people just pour in here and flood in here because there are other hardworking taxpaying Americans that 
are going to suffer because you felt the need to come here. Well, let's, we're, we're let's, in total agreement on that. I mean, right. Uh, that, that's, I mean, and by the way, about the wall, I mean, I think the wall is kind of like largely symbolic almost, you know what I mean? Like right. you can get around a wall, but I, I, I think you're a hundred percent right. There's no reason our border should be just carte blanche for anybody to cross freely. I mean, you know, you can't get into America. Okay, great. Well, I'm going to pass in through Mexico because it's so easy or pass in through Canada, like, because it's simple. It's not hard. You know, that's not good. I agree. I think that we should have some restriction on on that. Um, You know, I I did see that this, um, the immigration restrictions will not apply to migrant workers. He was very adamant about that um, uh, in today's address. He was like, no, like this will not affect farmers. Like if, you know, there there are people who have been migrant workers at like these farms for like decades, like they're, they're going to be able to keep going back to the, he was like, look, it's really easy to turn everything off and just like shut everything, shut everyone out. But we can't do that. Like that's, it's just not humane. Um, right. But and no, I don't think we, our borders should just be open like that. I mean, I really don't like, that's one of my conservative stances of like, look, I don't really necessarily think we need to spend the money to build a wall. Cause I think that's dumb. Um, we should just hire more border patrol or something, you know, but there, and there should be a plan for those people, but you know, and the reason why people get detained and stuff, because for the last several decades, we have had a pretty open policy. It was like, Oh, just come in here. And like, it's fine. Um, you know, it's not like it was back, you know, immigrants arriving on Ellis Island, you know, signing in and getting a new name and, you know, getting a job at a butcher and on long Island, you know, it's, it's just not like that anymore. Um, but no, he, it should be closed. I mean, I, I do think that Americans, people who live, I mean, every country should be kind of, you know, we should all be taking care of each other, but we all also have to take care of our own. You know what I mean? I'm not going to give my neighbor my last box of mac and cheese if it's the last food I have. I got to eat too, man. So, um, but I'm more, but I'm more likely to give my next door neighbor to share that box with my neighbor than I am to get some some random person that floats into my neighborhood looking for a handout. One hundred percent. Yes. Absolutely. You know so. Um, because my, my neighbor has proven to be, you know, a, a productive member of the team, so to speak, and they fell on hard times. And I don't know, it it just sounds like anytime you see people, they buck up and to defend that you're like, really, you're okay with working and paying taxes, knowing that it's going to somebody that hasn't shown us any track record of, of willing, willingness to be a, a, a member of this group. Like it's just they showed up, and because they're here, they're entitled to all that. Just right. doesn't doesn't resonate with me. Uh, it frustrates me pretty badly. Like just to the uh, that difference of agenda just absolutely blows me away. And then the liberal side of of things is just to immediately claim you know xenophobia and and racism with it. And you're like, no, Ugh, it's a principle. It's not about a skin tone or you know, an ethnic group. It's, it's about a principle. It's about what are you going to do to be a member of, of society here? You're not, it's pretty simple. We have rules. Do you want to follow them? Cool. Stand in line, do your part and we'll get you, we'll make you a club member here real shortly. Right. Yeah. Um, so speaking of prejudice, uh, one of the things I wanted to get into and, uh, we'll wrap it up here shortly, but, uh, so, just like you have this whole protest culture right now about, you know, not thinking them thinking that they can be the masters of their own destiny, so to speak. And they, they're willing to take whatever risks they want to take and get out of my way. 
so have you seen all these people that are refusing to wear masks and refusing to get on board with all that? I mean, I've just seen those people who are protesting. And by the way, some of those protesters are wearing masks, which I do not understand. But well, I, I think I think at least the ones that are wearing masks are showing that going back to like what we just said, that they're willing to participate as, you know, good stewards of, right. of uh, you know. Yeah, yeah it's good team members, but there are some people out there, man, that have just bold stances of, Nope, I'm not going to do it. Absolutely not. I will not do it. They're like anti-vaxxers. Right, man. Like one of my favorite podcasts is typically, it's hosted by a a very conservative dude. And, um, he, he is pretty much vocal every single day on his podcast about how, how he's not going to do it. He thinks it's stupid and you'll never see him doing it and he's not going to participate and he goes out in public and whatever. Like he's not even really exercising social distancing because there's no point and he doesn't agree with that whole side of things. And dude, that, that whole side, it's just, it's, oh, that it's infuriating me to hear people think that because it, again, it's not about you. It's about the fact that you could be a vehicle for this whole thing. Yeah. And it goes back to what I've said a couple times about the things that make America great are the things that are hurting us right now. We have the freedom to choose to participate or not. And the people that aren't going to participate are, are putting us in a predicament to have this be the second wave of this be even worse probably. Well, and I mean, and you know why? I mean, you know, one of the reasons I think at least one of the big reasons is president Donald Trump. Like for this, the direct from a, a CDC spokesman to go out last week and be like, "Look, like we're advising that people wear masks. Like you, you don't you don't have to do it, but you know it's a recommendation. Like this, you know, it's kind of like getting exercise and eating healthy. Like no, you don't have to, but if you don't, there's a good chance that something bad is going to happen. And then President Trump got up there and said, "Well, I'm not going to do it. Like I don't know, like yeah. that that cavalier attitude, which his base identifies with very, very deeply. Right. You know, they believe that is extremely patriotic. You know, to like basically go against the government or be anti-disestablishment. You know, it, it motivates his base to do things that are ignorant and stupid. And yeah." You know, I I think that that's I think that he knows that I think that he and I think just like any leader, he would want to invigorate his base. However, I think that just like with his tweets about liberating, you know, individual states, what the hell are you doing, man? Right. And yeah, you're right. The people who aren't participating. I mean, I have not spoken to anyone like that. Um, Not really. Um, You know, who's just like, you know, forget this. You know, we ran into we, we were walking through a store the other day and we saw like a group of youth like kind of. I don't know. We kind of walked through this interaction where like a group of like kids was like, I don't know what they were doing. I think they were standing too close to a guy who's probably our age, probably 30 to 40, somewhere in there, um, who was, you know, mask and gloves. And these kids didn't have gloves or masks on or anything. And he was just like, get away from me. Like you don't have a mask. And of course these, these kids are laughing and not taking it seriously. (laughs) Um, you know, you know, their kid, I mean, they were probably 16, you know, I don't even know what they were doing there. Like they should be, playing xbox or something but um or experimenting with drugs do something um 
but you know, yeah, I mean, this is, this is totally going to push people. But and, and that's the thing people aren't going to change their mindset about this. They're just going to keep being dumb to it. Even when more, until somebody they know gets sick and dies, there was that woman in Kentucky who said that she wasn't going to adhere to social distancing and she wasn't going to wear a mask and she died. She got coronavirus and fucking died. Like, yeah. well, guess what? You stupid bitch. Like that's what you get. And guess what? Anyone who does something like that is a stupid bitch. I don't care if you're a man or a woman, white, black, Latino, it does not matter. I do not care. You're an idiot. You're endangering other people. We, do, you know, I do realize that you know at some point your boss is going to call and say, "Hey, you have to come back to work." But be careful when you do. And if you're going to be in a situation where you know somebody at your work is not going to adhere to those rules, you almost kind of have to like either embarrass them in some way, or like I said before, I thought about making a whole bunch of plastic badges that say "practicing social distancing" for people to wear. First of all, I'd make a killing. Um, and second of all, I mean, just so like whenever somebody comes up to you, maybe you can know. I mean, it's kind of like a scarlet letter sort of thing, but like in a positive way. Like, hey, like I'm not going to come. Like, I don't want to have to say this out loud, but I'm not going to touch you and I'm not going to come within six feet of you. You know what I mean? Like right. it's it's saying it without saying it. It's kind of like, hello, my name is, you know, like it's your yeah. little name tag. But this one says, keep the keep away from me. Like you, you're probably a great person, but do not get anywhere close to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and but no, I, it's, it's going to totally I think screw us over. I think that's the new the new norm that's that everybody's going to have to try to figure out. Just I think everybody's worried like right now, like oh well, if we don't shake hands, what do we do? Like it's not just about shaking hands and exchanging those pleasantries. Like some of it is knowing your left right limits or what anybody's limits are that they're willing to accept uh, in their presence. Like we we went for a walk the other day because there was like a a snow cone food truck that popped up in our neighborhood and it was up by like the community pool. And, uh, so we went up there and it was, it was amazing. Cause we were standing there in line and I'm like, I love social distancing. Yep. <laughs> and, and, and Lacey's like, what do you mean? I was like six feet between me and the next customer. This is brilliant. Cause I can't tell you how many times I've been at a store or, or something like that. And you're standing there or like a, a line at amusement park or something like that. And you're just like, I can feel the guy behind me breathing. You can smell his breath. My, yeah. yeah. I could smell his breath. Oh God. my God. I'm going to freak out. Like, yeah. Oh my God. I, I, like 100%. I'm loving the fact that we're, 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 we're distancing ourselves. I like to be close and affectionate with a couple people in my life. Uh, my kids, my wife, my dog, and those oddly enough are the people I'm allowed to be around right now. Right. So, you know what? I'm going to pet on my dog. I'm going to kiss my wife. I'm going to hug my kids. Uh, but everybody else, Hey, I'm going to respect your space. Uh, please do the same for me. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, we don't have any control over what other people do. That's totally right. going to make this whole thing happen again. I mean, once again, when when people, I, I haven't looked at like the stages of how he wants to open. I just haven't dedicated the time to do it. But you know, they're going to open restaurants. They're going to do these things. And man, I don't know what's going to happen. It just seems <laughs> some somebody that Sarah follows tweeted or made a post that was like May first, more like. I may first see what happens to y'all. <laughs> yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> that was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. Because, I mean, you know, what's going to happen, man? Like, you know, a lot of places are going to start opening almost immediately. Like, once he started saying, and we're going to open, like, a lot of the conservative people are like, okay, like, we're just start opening up, you know? Like, it's, you know, people are going to start traveling again. They're going to start taking it to other places, tracing it. It's going to be a total nightmare. I mean, yeah, it, this is just, it's... I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's going to get as bad as it did 
like this time around. I think that, I mean, I hope not. Well, we've learned, I think we've learned too much, right? So the, the general population didn't know what social distancing was, didn't know what quarantining was. Um, they weren't, you know, that when was the last major thing that happened that really emphasized the importance of, of washing your hands and things like that. I mean, obviously most people know to do that, but there's just been such a big emphasis put on that, uh, because of this outbreak that I, I think you're right. I don't think the next one would be as big. I think people are going to go, Whoa, our County just had a like 20 random people get, you know, um, tested positive for this. And we, this was after two months of nobody, we have a problem. Shitty thing is if you get to, 20 people show up, then that means you have like maybe 60 other people who also have it. And don't well, know yeah, it yet, you know, but I'm just Golly. using that for, for an example, you know, like they think right. they're in the clear for a little while yeah. and they realize, Oh, Whoa, maybe we let our hair down a little too early. Mm-hmm. And then now what we have is we have tools and we have practices that we could, you know, turn right back on and, and hopefully slow the spread in a smaller scale. Obviously this was a worldwide boom and everybody went, Whoa, you know, we need to slow things down. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas if you did that at like a County level, uh, like Dr. Burks has been saying where you're, you're monitoring all those types of things at a County and, and all this is up until you get a vaccine. Right. Um, but oddly, funny thing, I was listening to another podcast today. The, uh, it's called the daily it's put on by New York times. And they were doing a, um, uh, they were talking about like the vaccine and where it could come from and, you know, the projections and blah, blah, blah. Apparently like one of the most successful vaccines to ever be developed in the history of the world was for the mumps. Right. And they call that a successful vaccine because it was put onto the market available for people to utilize four years after the disease was discovered and they call that a successful vaccination when was that i don't know I mean, um, that was a while ago pretty sure right but even still you know like that was probably before you know a lot of modern medicine and things like that but for them to to attest that as one of the most successful uh, this was uh, a doctor what's his name dr donald mcneil jr i don't know what his credential is um but yeah he was touting about that and, you know, pretty much saying like, we all need to put on a seatbelt and get used to this way of living, um, until a vaccine comes along and we're, that's going to be a long ride before that happens. Mumps was introduced in 1960 or the months, months, the mumps vaccine was introduced in 1967. It looks like 67. Mm-hmm. So that means a, like a mumps outbreak like probably came along 63. Looks um, like there's a measles, mumps, rubella vaccine that was licensed in 71. Um, okay. But the, yeah, it looks like the mumps and measles max, uh, vaccine um, has remained since about 71. Yeah. Hmm. But still, man, four years, you know? I mean, they, they're um, saying that we really won't return back to normal till 2022 because even if you, even if you vaccinated everyone in North America, everyone, everyone in the United States, at least, you still have to, I mean, think about international travel. I mean, you still have to do all that. And then you've got this new wave of people who are already anti-vaxxers, who are idiots. Yeah. And, you know, man, I don't know. This is going to take forever. Um, 
It really is. I mean, I mean, I think that we are going to be, I think that we are going to fast forward to the vaccine quickly just because there have been so many, you know, medical technological advances. And also it's just bad for the, it's just bad for business to have a, you know, a virus running rampant through the country right? Um, or through the world rather. The world. Um, yeah. And that I think that's the thing is like, you know, in 1917, the world looked so much different. Now we can get we can get on a an airplane or hell even a ship and be on another continent significantly faster than we ever could have before right and you know we can cross borders differently and easily unless you know obviously you you lock down those borders but it, it, it this has had such a big impact that it really makes me wonder if like the whole anti-vaxxer crew is going to be able to you know get away with their freedom like is this going to become like a stamp in people's passports now well, you I mean, know. have you done any research to the ID2020 thing? I have not. That's like the Gates Foundation and the Rothschilds and several other, you know, international conglomerates are basically trying to get a chip in everybody's hand that has your God, where what there was some woman we were talking to the other day oh, about yeah, yeah, yeah. the country that she's from and she said that there everybody has a chip in their hand. It's got your driver's license, your passport, your credit card, your debit card, your whatever it's got it wow you just do it and that is how you will know or that's how you will basically be pre-screened you know by just passing your hand over whatever or whatever kind of card they give you or whatever it is that says i've been vaccinated for this i've had this happen this has happened this has happened and i'm good to go for this briefly like without going too far off the rails like what are what are your thoughts on that like do you think that's a bad thing or or what I don't know, man. I mean, the only reason I say I don't know is because, <laughs> you know, it seems biblical. It does, you know, to some degree. And that's what people are going to paint it as, that it's this evil, you know, it's an evil, you know, nefarious tact to track you, to know your whereabouts, to know, like, who you're with, what you're doing. Um, and I'm sure it could be used for that. Uh, you know, of course it could. Um, but we all are, you know, already for the most part, voluntarily do that with our cell phones. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess it's it's it, you could you could argue either side. I mean, it seems to me like it would have a lot of benefits. Um, you know, my misgivings about it are that you know, what if there's a problem, or what if your chip stops working, or can somebody just turn your chip off? Can somebody hack your chip? I mean, there's a lot of questions about. Right. All of that, you know, how, how do you know that this is going to work? Like, so, how, do, how do you know somebody can't falsify their information? Like, I don't know. Right. I And I, those are legitimate fears, right? A lot of people that like get all scared of that stuff. They're like, they're going to be tracking me. They're going to know what I'm doing and they're know where I'm at. And I'm like, okay, what, what are you trying to hide, bro? Like, I, I personally operate on, you know, within the confines of the, of the law. So I don't really care, you know, uh, I like firearms. When I buy guns, I buy them legally in the way that, you know, the law of the land requires me to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I try to drive the speed limit. I don't shoplift. I, you know, like I don't have any reason for that type of technology to, for the government to do bad to me. And then you get all the tin hat wearing people that are like, oh, yes, you do. You don't know. And you're like, but still, if they're so bored that they're going to be following me around so be it like they're gonna be real bored they're gonna be like man this guy this guy's super boring um you're gonna bust me accidentally crossing in nevada with a quarter worth of weed like congratulations 
You know what I mean? Right. Like, who gives a shit? But the day that the day that uh, you know somebody figures out that that they can use that to their advantage, yeah, that be, becomes a huge problem. You know, being a military member with a security clearance. I know all too from I'm all too familiar with them coming back and looking back at my life, you know, and and meeting people and talking to people that, you know, that I've known and to try to piece together who I am. And I don't have anything to hide. You know, I've, I'm totally straightforward and honest who I am, where I'm where I'm from and all that kind of stuff. So that side of the chip like doesn't scare me. But yeah, you're completely right that it is terrifying that somebody puts it in there and then they find a way to manipulate what that chip is capable of to to harm somebody and that that side of things i think is it's a slippery slope i mean you look at how how like greatly the the federal government fought apple to get a back door into iphones you know and they right. said it was for counterterrorism, you know cause or what you know causes or whatever and while that might be noble there are a mil for every noble reason there are a million less than honorable reasons that you can uh, you know that are available to anybody to take advantage of a technology you know we all saw batman right you know morgan freeman there with the sonar thing or whatever yeah. we, you know one man should not have this much power well guess what you know <laughs> right that's exactly what we've got <laughs> so exactly um you know i don't know it's i don't know what i think about all of that it's I know that the right wing tinfoil hat people are really against it, really against it. And, yeah. you know, I've watched enough conspiracy stuff to have some uh, reservations about anything that the Rothschilds are involved in. That just seems weird to me. I don't know. Um, so I don't know. That's there's a lot to take in there, I think. And, and but we're going to know more by the end of this year. You know, I think they're really trying to put I mean. Something's going to come to the forefront. You know, people are going to want to know if other people are vaccinated. I mean, it's just going to become like a a worldwide security concern. Like, does this person, is this person carrying around a virus? And if so, I'd like to know about it and if they've been vaccinated. And, you know, we also haven't had any discussion yet about whether this virus can mutate to be worse than it is now, which is, you know, we don't know anything about that. China's been right. really tight-lipped about the whole thing. It apparently came out of a lab. Boy, oh boy, what they're not saying could speak volumes. The fact that they're not telling anybody anything means that the worst could be yet to come. We don't know. You saw right. that China is banning people, banning online players from playing with anybody from any from anywhere but China. You cannot communicate with anybody but from within China if you are a in, within China and a Chinese national. Like hmm. they don't, they are being really, really tight lipped, which gives me pause. I don't yeah. know if it's because they need to cover should, their ass for what already happened or if they need to cover their ass for what's coming. That's what's right. scary. So they, they've clearly let, you know, facts about this out or, or they're trying to keep facts about it in. Yeah. They closed all the wet markets, you know, in like the, in the Hubei province a couple weeks ago, like that was obviously a show, you know, if it didn't come from there, then what was the hell was the point? You know, it was just cause that's where it was suspected to come from because nobody would wanted to believe that it could be leaked out of a lab that somebody made this thing, but they did. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. We'll wrap things up with a, on a high note. I did find like the sweetest story I've ever heard in my entire life. Mm. Uh, even like, I'm an, I'm a big dude and, uh, almost brought tears to my ears, eyes, uh, it tears to your eyes. Yeah, sorry. I don't know why I was thinking. Why is your face came. leaking? <laughs> why is your face leaking? So there is a uh, another podcast out there called The Radio Diaries, and they started doing something called The Hunker Down Diaries. Mm -hmm. 
and they found the, uh, they're trying to find people, I guess, that are uh, they have unique situations uh, with the way that they're they're hunkering down. And I think this was their first episode. They found like the coolest situation. So it is a hundred and seven year old man and his one hundred year old fiance. And they're like living in an apartment together. Okay. Like sweet, yeah. And like, but these, po- these people had been through, you know, Spanish flu more so him than her. And, right. uh, you know, they're talking about that ever so slightly. Um, and then they were talking about, you know, their perspective on, uh, you know, living with this and, and she, it was really sweet. She was like, you know, I used to, I used to not be afraid of dying. And now with this virus, I'm, I'm, I'm really afraid to die. And he, and it's the way they do it is really cute. Cause they send them like this, uh, probably like a, like a handheld recorder and it's just them. They don't have somebody going there to interview them and they're talking and she's like, now I'm afraid to die. And he's like, I didn't know that about you. Why, why are you afraid? And she goes, well, I'm just really enjoying this relationship. And, uh, and I, you know, I want more, more days with you. It was just like the coolest thing ever, uh, just to hear this, these old, uh, what do you call them? Centurions, um, you know, being a a century old. So, uh, I don't know. That's a little fun, fun, uplifting thing that I found this week that takes away from the doom and the gloom and all the bullshit of, you know, the politics and election year. So I saw a cute uh, cat on the internet. You saw what? A cute cat on the internet. Oh yeah. Just one. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was more than one. Yeah, that was I'm my that's my uplifting part of the day is cats. Yeah. I guess I don't even care about cats. It's just they just keep yeah. I can't up stand them feet. personally. Can't yeah, stand them. Can't stand you. I'm a dog guy. Yeah, I'm a dog guy too. But you know, I like it's kind of like kids. I like somebody else's kids. It's nice. But it's not right. my kids. At least so far. Maybe my girlfriend. Hopefully, my girlfriend's not listening. Right. Nobody's listening. What am I talking about? Well, oddly enough, uh, I did notice that. Uh, uh, your girlfriend, my wife, uh, took a picture of the closet doors, nah. and they tagged each other uh, and us in on Instagram. So, uh, God, my life is just a walking Instagram feed now. My God, everything I can't take a shit without somebody being like, "Hold on, let me get that on the gram." And I'm just like, "Oh my God, <laughs> hold on, hold it like this." I want it to be more artsy, like just hold it like at an angle, like up high, like above me. Though so I'm like, "Okay, do this it is, for the gram." Look, I just made macaroni and cheese, hun. Like it's not, we don't. Nobody cares about this. It's not even good macaroni and cheese. Are you taking a picture to document how bad it was? Is that it? Is that what you're doing? Because that would make sense. That I'll buy. But right, you cut out again, dude. Yeah, apparently, uh, technology doesn't want us to to continue this. So we will go ahead and wrap this one up, uh, putting it in the bag. I think it's like episode thirteen or fourteen that we've done. Uh, I've got eleven. Okay, well, I, I did a couple other ones too. Oh. Uh, for the season two, but this is like number 11, 12, something like that. And, uh, I'll try to coordinate with Justin and get him back on here. Cause I want to pick his brain some more about all this evil China stuff and see what he knows. Give, uh, give me a heads up before that happens. I might start drinking again. Right. When that, when we do that, oh, <laughs> you feel like you need to lubricate for that kind of thing. I mean, I just, it's just a really long ride. It's a, it's an exciting ride. It's just, you got to buckle up. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time. Ta-ta.